This is episode eight of the Makoche podcast, the mad podcast. Madakiapi relatives, this is Arlo Ironcloud. I'm across the table from Lisa Mani. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Good morning. So, one of the things that we have encountered in our process of discovering food from our ancestors' perspective is fermentation. Now, whenever we first got interested... Wait, 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 wait. Before all of this, before you go into all of that, what caught your your interest in fermentation? It was... The movie Arlo, or The Good Dinosaur. For real? Yeah. I think it was there I thought about it. Because it was like a Neanderthal and a dinosaur, right? Basically. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're the one that's bringing up the movie. Well, what I'm saying is, is that this is like, it goes back in time. And for whatever reason, there was this scene on there where they were eating berries and i thought it was fruit like it's some sort of fruit right berries yeah was it berries yeah it was berries anyway okay so i watched the 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 character the main character Mm -hmm. like munch on the berries after the neanderthal baby gave it to him and he the the arlo dinosaur was like hey wait a minute you're not supposed to be eating this when it's on the floor and then it was like, dun, 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 And I thought, I'm sure that happened to our ancestors at one point in time or another, right? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Because how many times have we picked from the ground? Yeah. I don't think my interest in fermentation came until more recently. I guess I wasn't as advanced in like looking at our foods that way where I had to pick a spot and go with it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like um, like it kind of branched out into other things, you know, once I started drying foods and then trying to understand how they broke down after, yeah. you know, you, you do the butchering process. And then uh, being on TikTok, seeing these videos of people fermenting meat. And it's like, wow, that's just amazing. Why would they ferment meat, you right. know? And uh, understanding that it's because it changes the composition of that thing. Where now, because it's fermented, it changes that so that you can get another nutrient out of that specific thing. And understanding that when meat ferments, you get vitamin D right. from it now. Right. So I think then, more recently, did it really grab my attention like now I need to understand what fermentation means. Isn't it interesting too that a lot of indigenous people are vitamin D deficient? Yeah. So I think that for me, fermentation is something that I'm really excited to understand Mm -hmm. because I don't understand it right now. Right. But looking at it, there's so much that happens you know, it, it completely changes from one thing to another, like chemically. So it's exciting. Yeah. How does that work? Uh, definition for fermentation is the process 
in which a substance breaks down into a simpler substance. Microorganisms like yeast and bacteria usually play a role in fermentation process, creating beer, wine, bread, kimchi, yogurt, and other foods. Isn't it interesting too? Like, uh, do you remember whenever um, we started first eating kimchi? It was almost like, mmm, this is amazing. Not for me. Like with kimchi, it was something that I kind of had to work at eating. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because I've had fermented, like like sauerkraut. Sauerkraut's mm -hmm. fermented, right? Having that, but for some reason, when it came to kimchi, it was like it was different. Mm -hmm. Might be like the ingredients or whatever. I don't know. It took me a, a while to kind of get used to that taste. So after I kind of got used to it, but understanding now, eating homemade kimchi, but starting out with store-bought kimchi right. was kind of like so misleading because I feel like if I had homemade kimchi first and not store-bought kimchi, uh -huh. it probably wouldn't have been a struggle to eat it. Why do you suppose kimchi was so motivating for you to know more about i think what i was curious about the most was why did we need something that tasted like that why did we need something that had to break down even more by i guess what they call spoiling mm -hmm. like what benefits do we get from that that's where it initially started because um i talked to my sister linda a lot uh whenever I start stumbling on, you know, different things in, that involve food, right? right? So, you know, being out, be able to go out there and hunt it and then to harvest it, to, you know, breaking it down so that we can store it or cook it, you know. But being able to go through each process and kind of figure out, you know, this is how long I need to cook it. This is what I need to do to ensure that it dries fully. So I have to cut it this way, like that. And then understanding how it breaks down, I guess is something that really um, kind of drives me because I'm curious on why our ancestors prepared our, the foods that we ate back then uh, in the way that they did. Well, how do you know that, that the fermentation process was a part of your ancestors' lives? Because I look at um, these videos that are being made by like our relatives way down south in, in Mexico. And they involve like their saliva and they, you know, ferment things and allow, you know, things to be mixed in a way that um, it changes, you know, that, that food. So if you were to eat it in, you know, the state that you find it in, it's not going to be the same as if you maybe packed it with sugar and allow it to ferment for a year. You know, you'll be getting more vitamins out of it. And then plus you would probably get a syrup or something, you know. But seeing them do things like that and then understanding that our lives were probably more similar to the way they live still to this day um, kind of, I guess, gave me this idea that if I wanted to find some sort of guidance, it would be with those people who are still practicing, practicing it and, uh, you know, understanding that 
if I wanted to understand more of how we ate, I would have to look towards them and to get you, an idea. And did you find any of these in uh, Plains people's practices? So I'm still looking right now, but the way that people eat foods is completely different. How we are taught to prepare certain foods, it's almost like everybody has to prepare it that way, and that's the only way. Um, but with uh, like indigenous people, I understand that they all have their own ways of preparing it, like to eat it even, like turtle. Mm-hmm. Like they all eat it so differently, and it works for them. Right. So, well, so, I, oh, go ahead. I look at Joseph Marshall's books, Joseph Marshall III and Ella Deloria and Vine Deloria, and each of their books they mention, even in the process of picking choke cherries, that they're always looking for the dark berry. And that's a part of the fermentation process. Yeah, because of the amount of sugars in it, I'm, I'm assuming. Right. I mean, the, the darker the berry, the sweeter the berry. Or the, how do they say sweeter that? Sweeter the juice. Sweeter the juice. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm trying to imply is that that's, that's the process that we're talking about here. Yeah. And that's what I'm implying is that I found that in those books. And then you go back and look at the, the history of how we identify berries when they're ripe and that is like that is like the beginning stages of that fermentation process yeah so can you explain what you mean by that the so i spoke to luke black elk and one of the questions that i was talking to him about was that understanding the fermentation process with the local berries that we have choke cherries uh currants grapes you know uh, buffalo berries and plums and one of the things he stated toward me was that did you ever notice the white coating over the plums or any other berries and i was astounded by this i was like yeah i know exactly what you're talking about and he goes that's the yeast that's yeast and it blew my mind that that was yeast because That means that berry has entered a fermentation process. Hmm. That's what blew me away about it. That's pretty cool because you think about juniper berries and you see that it's almost like a white powder on the outside of them. Mm -hmm. And our ancestors understood what that process was. They, They knew that once that berry hit that stage, then that would be uh, as far as sugar, sugar wise, that was the prime time to pick that. Mm, man, that's just amazing. So in this um, this talk that we have with my sister Linda, she is going to be talking about the fermentation process um, using salt and sugar. So she'll kind of go in depth, I guess. So it starts um, partway through the discussion. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I think you guys would find it really interesting. If you guys, if we had like smell-a-vision, taste-a-vision. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. That would be quite an experience. <laughs> right. I think that would be the best way to explain how this is even understood. Yeah. So check it out. It's pretty interesting. wonder what this stuff tastes like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. It doesn't look great, but we'll see. 
actually, before we left, mm -hmm. we had some Napa that we hadn't used, like some cabbage and stuff. And so we, like, uh, we just went ahead and made like quick kimchi out of it. And I have no idea. It doesn't look great. But. Just so everyone has an idea where we are, we're in the kitchen of Luke and Linda Black Elk in North Dakota. You're going to hear our children in the background, so heads up. So can something like that go bad? No, never. Okay. That's that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, that's the thing. It may not taste great, but it'll never go bad. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I would say... worse than it is right now. <laughs> well, I would say if you... Um, you know, if you have some stuff that you're worried about going bad because maybe you have to leave for a while. Yeah. It's, um, that's like the best thing to do with it is to ferment it because oh. it'll never go bad then. You know, so like, you know how you buy stuff from the grocery store and you're like, man, we got to leave tomorrow. going to be gone for three days. And but when we get back, that's going to be rotten. Um, like you can do it with anything, you know, fruit. Like, uh, even, even if you had some raspberries or strawberries in the fridge that the kids didn't eat, you can literally ferment those. Yeah. You can ferment them and they'll, they'll, <clears throat> you know, you can at least do something with it yeah. and it doesn't have to just be salt. You can also put them in sugar. Uh, oh. so you can ferment with sugar too. Why did you guys get into fermenting? Um, well. Linda's kind of always been into it because kimchi is an essential part of her diet. Yeah. And I can't, I can't go without it. You know what I mean? But we didn't always, like, even, even just 10 years ago, when Luke and I uh, were first together, the, we didn't have the ingredients that we needed for fermentation for kimchi um, here in, you know, Bismarck or especially down in Mobridge, South Dakota. We had to drive all the way to Fargo four hours to get the stuff we needed, like the cabbage and like the radishes and stuff. Yeah. So, so, you know, then we would do what we called quick, quick kimchi or quick ferments. And we'd just use regular cabbage, like from any grocery store. Like you can, you can ferment anything. That's what I always say. And, and fermentation is like one of the best ways to preserve food because it'll never go bad. And it actually builds up microbes that are healthy for you. So like, um, I'm very curious to open this this up <laughs> like this uh before we left for las vegas wait i was curious oh, yeah like like what does it mean to your mom oh i'm really curious what that like what does fermenting mean to your mom if i had to like bring it down to one word yeah survival interesting fermentation kimchi is survival to to koreans like that's what it's all about because you know they like with their climate and everything when they would have vegetables um the whole like you got to picture it you know you you picture whole villages so like let's say <clears throat> all of porcupine right porcupine south dakota where you guys uh where you guys have your home site everyone in porcupine getting together in the center of town or whatever or in the parking lot of the school or something like that and there would be like um huge vats of every ingredient and like everyone gets together like an assembly line. There's people like cutting up the vegetables. There's people making the sauce. There, uh, there's people salting the vegetables. You know, there's mm. people, you know, all that stuff. And then everybody takes all the kimchi they need for the whole winter home with them. And that's their vegetables. So over the winter, they'll have dried meat. 
They'll have rice that's mm-hmm. dried, and they'll have all their fermented vegetables. So they have everything they need of, for the whole winter. Wow. So it's survival. So it's survival. Mm-hmm. Dang. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's See, really. I don't even know like how to how to, like like put it with something that you know is like a, like. A, what would you say? You've been around Indians long enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 tough to like it's tough to think I'm, of. Like, I'm talking about like like I'm not talking about like like Pine Edge and Standing yeah. Rock, you know. Like how I mean? what like, would you uh, compare it to, right? Yeah, what would you compare? Like like when people get together for Sundance, you know. Okay. You actually see people all waiting there at the same time. But what what food would you compare it to? Oh, like food? Yeah. Um. Like what's what's something that Lakotas like? like 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 can never okay. do without like at every at every yeah. meal. That's yeah. probably the closest thing, yeah. you know. But like I think uh, before all the boarding schools and the pre-contact, I'm sure Wasna was like the yep. the main food that everybody put together because yep. it was just so convenient. Yeah, or uh, like, survival comes to my head too yep, when I think of Wasna. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like the first thing that came to my mind was choke cherries. To be honest, but like even that doesn't really cut it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because because it's not just choked cherries by themselves, right? right. It's, uh, and with kimchi, you know, it's not just cabbage. It's, you know, her mom would, says, you can make kimchi out of anything. So mm-hmm. it's any green vegetable, any root vegetable. You know. Fruits, yeah. Fruits. Because they'll, they'll um, traditionally, we don't use fruit a lot in kimchi. But when they make the kimchi paste, that's the spicy stuff that goes on the kimchi. So it's 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 red pepper with uh, what they call dry red pepper they call it gochugaru and then it's garlic onions and then usually something salty um so traditionally they'll use like little tiny shrimp in brine uh but but i don't like the fishy taste some people use fish sauce um and and stuff like that but i I don't like the fish sauce in there so i use soy sauce Mm. like that salty kind of briny flavor Mm. and then something sweet so some people will use dates. Some people will use pears. Um, can you hold up those pears, dear? Those Asian pears. Here they are. They're somewhere on the counter. So yeah, I bought I bought oh. a couple of those Asian pears a few weeks ago specifically to make kimchi with. Um, and they'll grind them up, and it'll just be part of the mix. And and after a while, it doesn't even taste sweet. It just adds something in the background to the flavor of the kimchi. Oh. When you ferment uh, stuff. For like, does it does it uh, does kimchi age well? Well, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. It depends on what you want to use it for. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense then. Yeah. So, so there's like variations of kimchi, like. Okay. okay. So so right now I'm holding up because people can't see us. I'm holding up a jar of kimchi that's like a week old, and a jar of kimchi that's like two years old. I was gonna say that looks <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. This is like crazy stuff right here. And so I probably wouldn't take this out of here and eat it just like it is out of the jar. But this is the best thing for making soup. This is the best thing for making what we call kimchi jjigae, which is kimchi soup. And you put like pork in it or bacon or like, uh, what's that stuff called? The pork belly uh, and noodles and stuff. And it flavors it up really good. This is considered at this point. This isn't just food. This is medicine now. Like right. this is this really is. And so like any any time if someone was sick if they had a cold, you always want to keep a little bit of this around so you can make kimchi soup for them. Oh really? Yep. And this is like so full of like uh, 
you know, uh, good gut bacteria, like probiotics, full of probiotics. Um, this would like heal your gut, heal, uh, you know, heal your stomach, heal your digestion. And it would also reduce inflammation. Like this is going to thin up mucus. So if you're like all congested and stuff like that, this will boost your immune system, all that. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready to okay. check these out. All right. <clears throat> so, so this is like two year old kimchi. Okay. okay. Am I going to try it too? Or? Yep. Let's, really? uh, honey. <laughs> Let's get a little bowl and a knife. Can, would you be able to hand that to us? Okay. The the smell is gonna permeate the whole house. Okay. Really. For days. For days. <laughs> no kidding. Oh. <laughs> Can you smell it from over Did there? Did you smell it? Yeah, it smells good. Sometimes yeah, if you good. if you really like the way it smells, it might be that you need it right now too. Really. You know that your body's saying to you like, hey, this is something kind of important. So this is a daikon radish that's you know been fermenting for a long time and you can see it's almost translucent and then we'll get a little bit of the cabbage out oh nice i'll close it back up <laughs> it smells pretty good though no, I actually yeah. Like that, yeah yeah it's it, it's an interesting smell but okay so while that one's closed up and before we before we try it like compare the smell with this that's only a week old I'm kind of curious your opinion of that one, though. Like, on a scale of, like, as you know, oh, that was different. <laughs> this one is different, right? And, yeah. and that's because this one, this one has, has already fermented, right? Okay. That one is fermenting. That okay. one is fermenting, right? So <coughs> that one has more of that, like... Linda is bringing down every jar of kimchi her and Luke have, and we are trying them right now. Kind of smell. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I see it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I smell it. I smell it. That one, that one kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas this one is like fermented. You know, I don't, I don't know that there's a whole lot more fermenting going on with this one. Um, because so does it reach a point where it's like done? Like done fermenting. Where, where I don't think it will ferment anymore. Yeah, it does, and yeah. I think that this has reached that. You know. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't have that. You know, so I, what happens at now. that point? Does it just is it just like now deteriorating or now like breaking down? Breaking maybe, down, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what the chemical word for it would so be. So like the like the medicinal value of it will diminish too. Or I something? think over time yeah. it probably would. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it just turn to vinegar after that? Really? But, well, it has to turn to alcohol first. But it's with salt, not not sugar. So you're saying they would have like a second alcohol phase? I wonder. Now I'm wondering now too. I wonder if it would like build up sugars and then. So would it become alcohol because there was no sugar? It was salt. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I'm about That's to what I this. think. Okay. Right, there you go, Arlo. I give you unmatching chopsticks, which really bothers him, but it's okay. Any piece? Mm-hmm. I'll try it, sis. Mmm. I actually like that. Do you want a knife to cut, cut it up? Or, or, you know? or yeah. Probably, it's up yeah. to you. <laughs> well, I was going to take the whole thing. But. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We, we have plenty all over the place. I said I was going to take the whole thing. You want a shot of that? Do I want a shot or do of you, it? Or do you got it? <laughs> She's like, trying to record. Know. and. <laughs> How big are these? 
Uh, there should be a little piece of the radish oh, yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's the cabbage. Where's the radish? Right here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's good. You like it? Don't mm. mind it. Yeah. There's a knife there if you need to cut That's it. That's really good. Yeah, I'll take a piece of that cabbage, please. Yeah. That's delicious. That is so good. So, so do you want to get the mid stuff out? Mm. <clears throat> okay. So. The other thing to remember is that I did not have this one in the fridge. So so, so we're talking about preserving something without the need for refrigeration mm -hmm. at all, right? So, um, you know, and, and this will never go bad. And even, you know, uh, back in the day, Koreans were known for like burying these jars or crocs underground and then they'd bring them up, okay? So now, so this one was a couple years, this one is a couple years old. This one is just like a week old. This one is just a couple months old. Okay. So this is still fermenting. Now, after about a week of sitting out and fermenting, we put this in the refrigerator. Okay. And that slows slows the fermentation process. So if you if you don't want it to get like this soon, then you can keep it in the fridge and it will significantly slow it down. So that's been like that for two years. Mm -hmm. Wow. And sitting out, like in our kitchen, in the air, for two years. Whereas this has been in the fridge. Okay? So. Man, that is amazing. That is so good. <laughs> I, re I really like it's that. It's nice and spicy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah, and, and, and not overwhelmingly so, right? No. So, mm -hmm. so, you like, something to think about and, like, like uh, try to imagine is that in in a really nice pot of like soup you know what i mean yeah. and it, it just adds kind of an acidic like i'm curious what it would taste like next year yeah yeah well you know, what it makes me <laughs> what it makes me think about is like i enjoy spicy things like like uh spicy wings yes so but when i eat those i start getting heartburn mm-hmm and this kind of like, whenever I first had it, I was like, oh man, I'm going to get heartburn. You know, I don't want it. But then it like, as it went down and still going down and it's like processing in my stomach, none of that heartburn stuff is happening right now, which I find very interesting. Yeah, it shouldn't happen because, and that's because the, 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 probiotic the probiotics so, in there uh, will usually like some people. So, so we, we all think that heartburn is caused number one by too much acid. That's right. not true. Heartburn is usually not enough of the right acid. And so for a lot of people, about 40% of the people we've worked with, um, taking a spoonful of raw apple cider vinegar before meals will completely eliminate heartburn. Oh yeah. You know? Um, and then for others, it's all about getting the right gut microbiome built up. Right. You know? That and makes sense. so this will help. So, okay. So this is sort of the middle stuff. So you've smelled the new stuff. You've tried to eat the old stuff, and you you, you liked it, yeah. and this is the sort of mid level. Okay. Much crunchier. Oh yeah. You could put mm -hmm. the uh, mm -hmm. or would that would it make sense to put the new one in that? Huh? You gotta. Oh yeah, we can try the new stuff too. Right. Are you guys game to try the new? Yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm down for this. This is okay. actually really, I'm actually really impressed. Oh, wow, this is this is this is amazing too. Yeah, that one um has a lot of. Probiotics, you what, know. What kimchi have I been eating? 
Stuff from the store. Yeah. yeah, and that's not the same. So, so here's something that really pisses my mom off and like makes makes her very mad. Um, is that a lot of people these days? And and you know, it's not to shame anyone out. Everyone has their thing, but uh, a lot of people will make kimchi with like oh, I'll get this in a minute. Um, with things like they'll put Sprite in it, like soda. Really? But yeah, yeah. Instead of putting things like ground up pears they'll they'll take shortcuts and it, it it comes from military occupation right korea was colonized numerous times um particularly by the japanese and there's a lot still a lot of animosity there because you know uh there's a lot of japanese exploitation and things like that mm-hmm. um but also you know like the, there's a lot of like U.S. Army bases in South Korea and stuff. So, so like, there's there's a whole soup and a whole food culture that's based on sort of, like, this American, like, American cheese put into soup and, like, or, or you know, spam being used in stuff and, um, and even soda being used to make kimchi. Yeah. And so a lot of times when you get stuff in the store, it'll have, like, preservatives and stuff like that in it that that like aren't traditional hmm. yeah right yeah okay so this is the new stuff okay. that's only um a week old well sour <laughs> this one is really good it's um like you said crunchier and um it's a little bit more heat to that one mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. spicier this yeah. is not yeah. bad either no, it was this the, really this. makes me wonder what can cheese like. <laughs> hey, well, the thing is, is like the first one you ate is not one that we would eat outside of putting it in soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would. This one we would almost never just unless it was like an emergency and we were hungry. This really old one we would we would only put this in soup mm. with like a big piece of tofu and maybe some like I said pork belly and boil it up for yeah, a while. Yeah, it's really good. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Man, I can snack on that. <laughs> yeah, that and so it's good. it's like medicine. It really is. Like right now, your cholesterol is lowering, your blood pressure. It's good for your blood pressure. It's good for stress and anxiety. Because um, you know, I always I always talk about the vagus nerve, and I know people get really frustrated hearing me talk about it all the time, but I think it's so important to remember that, you know, we have little critters in our in our gut in our stomach and in our right. intestines. Yeah. And when we eat fermented things, like, the, like this is another thing, you know, when we talk about how, how kimchi, how fermented stuff means survival for Koreans. Um, it, it, it's not just about having enough food to eat in the winter. It's also about having this constant medicine. That's, that's a part of your diet because we have these living creatures in our gut and when we eat probiotics, ferment specifically from fermented foods, um, those little critters get happy, like mm. literally happy. And when they get happy, they start producing this this neurotransmitter called GABA aminobutyric acid. They call it GABA for short. Okay, mm. and GABA is a neurotransmitter that sends a signal through the vagus nerve to our brain, and it tells our brain to chill the fuck out. No it, shit. It really does. It says you're not in danger. Like that GABA, really? like your, your gut is, I, I don't, I don't know if it's just like it relaxes those critters and it's like, you're not in danger. Everything's okay. So it sends it to your brain. So mm. like, that's why fermented foods are also a great thing for like young people who are experiencing anxiety. Um, you know, you give them even just a tablespoon of kimchi or sauerkraut every day 
And it, like, it helps them to chill out. Holy smokes, that's amazing. Because, I mean, we talk about trauma all the time. Yes. And how trauma has affected us so much where we're, we, we all have anxiety. Yes. You know? We're in a constant state of, like, yeah. fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fight or flight. Yep. But, like, if you're really wanting to understand how to heal yourself, it's taking care of that, yep. that nervous system. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it all goes to what you eat. It's yep. like all it, depends all about on what you eat to, so to well, calm yourself down. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. Crazy. Well, you know, and, and like a lot of, a lot of native people will say, you know, like, I mean, I think even though people realize that Koreans are indigenous people too, but mm-hmm. indigenous to over there, but a lot of people will say like, oh, but you know, fermented foods aren't a part of native american diets oh that's i'm finding out that's not true it's totally not true well um you know and and we should really do tests because when you leave if you leave wojapi out overnight it will already start to ferment by the next day yeah you know and so it's like you know fermented foods are a traditional part of the diet but like i think even more so It's getting very cloudy in here. Luke is in the kitchen (laughs) making bread, and it's getting a little smoky at this point, but uh, the food he's cooking smells delicious. When you you, uh, make wojapi, wojapi starts to ferment. uh, Choke cherry patties start to ferment. Like, all these things start to ferment a little as they break down, you know, after they're prepared. So so it's it's a real thing. Well, one of the things that I didn't even know that you told me, or Luke told me, was um, he goes, Hey, did you ever notice that white film that uh, that happens over the plums whenever you pick it? And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. What is that? Yes. Like, I, I didn't know what Why that was. Why is it so foggy? Yeah, that that, <laughs> so that stuff is. <laughs> It's so foggy. Um, <laughs> Uncle's making bread. Why? <laughs> yeah, but we were doing it with um with our with our choke cherries because yeah. I can't remember who it was we were talking to and they were saying they let it sit out like in the sun for a couple days before they made them into choke cherry patties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like so they ferment them they before ferment they start yeah. pounding them. Yeah. So so we leave ours out usually yeah. if they're not needed right away. Yep. We leave them out and then pound them after a few days and especially our plums like we can they like by the time we crush them they actually smell like alcohol right you know even if you pick the ones up off the ground they already kind of half fermented Mm -hmm. right right and uh, yeah i think you can even see yeast on some of the sometimes. oh yeah oh yeah yeah i think if you like as 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 much as we are involved with uh the berries like thinking that we didn't get to a point where we process them so through fermentation is impossible it, it's yep. it's not practical right, at, right. at all you right. know what i mean yeah and and you know and 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 that's not to say that like it's not to say i mean obviously there wasn't like you know 20 proof or, or anything like that right, alcohol. Right, right, right. um but you know, it, they're definitely like fermentation is a traditional part of the diet. And, and then also, you know, we could talk about vinegar because there's different types of fermentation, right? I mean, there's the, um, you know, there's, there's also acetic uh, fermentation and that's when you turn things into vinegar. And in order for things to be, we, we've already, we already know that vinegar was a part of indigenous diets, particularly of Anishinaabe cultures. They've mm. been fermenting maple sap into maple vinegar for, for you know, forever. Um, 
and and in order to make things into vinegar, they have to pass through the alcohol phase first. So so what? Were people not consuming it then? Were they like, oh wait, it's not ready. (laughs) Don't drink that, you know, don't touch that. Um, even though it would have been an incredibly small percentage of alcohol, um, and you know, I mean, it just doesn't seem practical to me. Right, because I mean, if you look into foods from a perspective of foods, right? Yeah, there's no way that we did not know about alcohol. There's no. So, so whenever I hear people say now, alcohol is not traditional. We can actually turn around and say, well, yeah, it kind of is. Because, <laughs> it, if, yeah. like I said, if we if we were so involved with the berries in nature, yeah. there's no way we were able to even get to, because we're so involved with the land and knowing how the berries work and everything like that. Like, there's no way we were able to just say, hey, we're starving out here. Are we not going to eat that for real? <laughs> right? Are we just going to avoid that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so true. Um and and there there are medicinal properties to it, right? I mean, we know that, you know, that's why, that's the reason cough medicines and things like that are, uh, you know, uh, as part of the pharmaceutical industry are made with alcohol, right? Because we know that alcohol does extract medicinal compounds. So, you know, I mean, we, we know that that's true. It's interesting, though, because like when it comes to fermentation, though, I, I would have never thought if you just leave it. <laughs> Don't touch it, you know, because in my head, when I first started getting into like whenever we started putting bapa on our ceiling and just like drying out our meat, mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to spoil, yeah. you know, and like yeah. it was so nerve wracking to let it just sit there totally, and, and then wait for it to dry, thinking <laughs> in my head, there's going to be maggots everywhere. <laughs> and then when that didn't happen. Like, it was like, holy shit. I know. What did I do? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, it's it's almost magical. And, it, like, don't you guys, like, I really believe that that fear, that that whole it's going to spoil thing, or, like, when it comes to fermentation, when it comes to drying meat, when it comes to any of that stuff, even drying herbs, that fear that we all have, I really believe it's intentional. Like, yeah. you know, because cause yep. that's free food for us, free food that we've preserved ourselves. I mean... Yeah. And and really it it's probably second nature because how many times have you brought a piece of steak or something home from a restaurant and you accidentally let it sit out and it turns completely into bapa, right? It like becomes yeah. really hard. And you throw it away because you're like, Oh, that's that's bad. Bad now, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's not it's not bad. It's just dried, you know? It, it, I mean, if it is real food, then yeah, it's just yes. dried. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, we talked for hours after this, but I'm not sure you'd be interested. Anyway, this is a good point to stop. Thank you for putting up with our children in the background. We like to have them play around us while we talk, keeps us together. All right, that's it right there. You're listening to the Makoche Agriculture Development Podcast, Mad Podcast. You can find us on just about any social media platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Check us out, Makoche Agriculture Development. Thank you guys very much for listening. 
for Macroculture Agriculture Development. I'm Arlo Ironcloud. Thank you very much. Doksha. Music by Estopon.